When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Diddy TV studio, Steve. Thank you. It's good to be here, Amy. I like your coat. I like the frills and fringe. The fringe? Yeah, yeah. it reminds me of Sam Peckinpah, the <laughs> wild bunch. It's cool. Well, I, I sort of had to have it. You know when you walk in and you think, I've got to have that item of clothing? I, I sort of had to have it. I fell in love with it. Yeah. Do they still make coats like that? Well, evidently they do because it's I was just wondering if it new. was vintage. Oh, that's new. Uh, no, no, it's new. Whoa. Uh, but it is from Lansky, which is known for rock sort of clothing. So they, they have their own people they work with. So there's some it. very cool things there. You'll have to check it out while you're in Memphis. Can I have it? Sure. Thank you. <laughs> I can always get something else. Maybe not just this, but yeah. I'll let you have it. How about All right. <laughs> so, um, so Steve, when did you pick up the guitar? Like how young were you when you picked up a guitar and thought, I'm in love with this instrument? I picked up the guitar when I was six years old, believe it or not. We had a guitar teacher come over because we found an old guitar in our attic. And so it had like three strings and I would run around the house banging on it like I was Elvis Presley because I was really into Elvis Presley. So it was like 1966 and then my dad looked up in the newspaper or something and the yellow pages maybe and found a guitar teacher. And the guy showed up and he was like from World War II because it was 1966 so he was an older dude who fought in World sure. War II and he had a wooden leg and a glass eye. And I remember he came in, and he had these old hands. And the first thing he did when he came in was he popped out his glass eye. And he popped it out into his hand, and, and he asked me if I wanted to hold it, but I was too scared. And that was my first guitar lesson. I was going to say, you either thought that was really awesome, or you were kind of freaked out by it. Well, I thought it was <laughs> awesome, but I was too scared to hold his eye. And to this day, I regret that. So <laughs> I really would love it if, next time if somebody is watching Diddy TV, and they have a glass eye, and they can pop it out, I will hold it. Maybe that's a song. I'm holding your eye in the palm of my hand. Ooh. <laughs> I'm holding your eye on the palm of my hand, but I dropped it inside my martini. <laughs> <laughs> See, so your line was, was funnier than mine, so you're obviously the songwriter. Um, now, were you still living in Nova Scotia when you picked up the guitar, or were you already moved to San Diego We already at that moved point? to San Diego, to uh, Pasadena, Southern California, Pasadena, Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Home of the Dodgers. Home of the Vince Dodgers. Scully. Coming up in the top of the ninth inning, Sandy Koufax walks out to the mound, and he's up to his hips and alligators. Two and two to Harvey Keen. You're that a huge Vince baseball Scully. fan, right? I love baseball. So, yeah, we lived in Pasadena, and then we moved to Palm Springs, and that's where I met Elvis Presley, and I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention that whilst How did you meet Elvis Presley? City here. Yeah. Well, that's a good question, Amy. May I call you Amy? You may call me Amy. This guy... I should hold this so Diddy shows. This guy who lived across the street from us ran the airport. Like, he was the manager of the airport. And Good then, guy to know. Yeah, and he would tell us when movie stars came in, like Liberace and Frank Sinatra. Who, we got to meet all those people. Uncle Charlie from My Three Sons. All these different people. And then one day he said Elvis Presley was flying in. And he said, would you guys like to meet him? And I freaked out because Elvis was my hero. And so we got to ride our bikes on the tarmac. 
It was obviously pre-9-11. I was going to so say pre-9-11 <laughs> by yeah. a few years. <laughs> so we rode our bikes on the tarmac, and then this private jet came down. You could hear the tires squeal as it landed, and then it was like 120 degrees because it was a hot desert day, and the steps of the plane came down and out walked Elvis Presley down the stairs, larger than life, and he was in full-on black leather with a huge pompadour and of course he was. Pork chop sideburns. He was comeback special Elvis. It was like 1969. And he waited for us to come to him because that's what rock stars do. And we ran up to him. And this is what he said. He goes, Sounds like you kids been a running. <laughs> and I go, Yeah, to catch you, Elvis. And then he picked me up and put me on his shoulders and swung me around and then hugged my sister for like a really long time so to where I was like, It's okay, Elvis. You could have her. Everyone says that when you meet Elvis, he made everyone feel so special. He did. And he never seemed like he was in a hurry. He could have been a uh, politician or a president or something else, oh, but he was yeah. a rock star. He had charisma. Maybe he'll come back and be the next president. I think it might, might be a good call. <laughs> Anything could happen after what I've seen. The things I've seen in my lifetime, I'm convinced anything can happen now. I, I am convinced anything can happen now. We're witnessing it. Yes. <laughs> like... I really believe the next president, like, you just don't know what's going to happen because <laughs> look at, okay, who would have ever thought, first of all, who would have ever thought an African-American with a name like Barack Hussein Obama would have been elected president of the United States? If you had told me that in the 60s when Nixon resigned, and I remember his resignation speech. Right. If you had told me that in the 70s or 60s, I mean, the 70s, I guess he resigned. and uh, Early 70s. Early yeah. 70s, yeah. If you had told me that, I would have said, no way. Now I'm thinking, what if a gay guy who's married to another gay guy, obviously, he's married in the year 2020, becomes the next president, a gay man with the name Booty Edge <laughs> Booty Edge who is gay, but also believes in God. Like, this is where it gets, like, you give me the most implausible situation, and I bet you that's our next president, because the pendulum will swing all the way from the far right, like, right Oh, it now, always does. Where we are, we're, like, extreme, right? Like, when your Department of Homeland Security, Kirsten Nielsen, who is separating families at the border, when she's not even mean enough, <laughs> like Evidence she, she didn't pass her. the litmus test. No. And so that means the next president will be a gay man with the name Booty Edge Edge. Well, I think you should write a song about that and put it out in the ether and just see where it goes. I'm going to. I'm calling it right here. That's <laughs> the next president of the United States. Okay. Everyone heard it here on Diddy TV. <laughs> Steve Polt's prediction <laughs> for the next election. Either that or we will have a female president. Which, for the of first course, time, which is selfishly speaking, I would love to see. Of course, yeah, anybody. I mean, would. we need we need one to say we've done it, and then maybe there'll be more after that because people will realize what a great job she does. But uh, we got to get the first one elected. Uh, well, remember that Bob Dylan song? Um, for a man has invented his doom. First step was touching the moon. Now there's a woman on my block who stands there as the time sits still and says, "Who's gonna take away?" His license to kill. So maybe only Bob a lady Dylan could will. say that that way. Yeah, only Bob Dylan could. I remember when he was on 60 Minutes and Ed Bradley was interviewing him, 
And he goes, I heard you wrote Blown in the Wind in like 15 minutes. And Dylan goes, something like that. <laughs> and then he goes, I can't do it anymore. And he goes, what do you mean you can't do it anymore? I can't do it anymore. And then he looks at me and goes, but I can do other things. <laughs> what does that mean, Amy? What does that mean? I, I don't I can know. Do well, other but things. I think he's gone on to do all sorts of other things. Yeah. Have you read his book? Um, I have not read his book, but um, it's on my list of books to read for sure. Yeah. In case you're just joining us, we're interviewing Amy I know. here on I, Diddy I think, TV. I think this is turned. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're interviewing me. This, I've always wanted to get you in this chair I, I know, and make you cry. I felt like that. <laughs> Well, I don't know if you can make me cry, but you can try. How about <laughs> <Okay>. that? <laughs> so San Diego. Let's go back yes. to San Diego. You were there for a long time. That was my real It's really your home still, even though you're living in Nashville, right? Yeah. San it's Diego will always be I my mean, home. I it's, mean, it's perfect weather, and why? why San Diego will always San be Diego? my home. I'm on a sojourn to Nashville right now. I just wanted to get closer to Memphis. Oh, see? Because I love Memphis. Memphis is sexier than Nashville. Oh, well, I, I think just so. wanted to be closer. <laughs> and so now San Diego is great because of the weather and the ocean, but you, it's really neat to live in Tennessee because I'm so clo much closer to everything. Oh, and yeah. And you get this extreme weather patterns and different things. And it, well, Nashville and has so much to offer with all the musicians that, that live there and the sort of songwriting uh, machine that goes on there and studios. I mean, it's just, it goes on and on and on. In Nashville, it's got to be um, really exciting and fun as a songwriter to be able to connect with all those people. It is, Amy. I'm glad you asked that. That's a good segue because I got to write a lot of songs with a lot of different friends so far. My buddy Billy Strings came over and we wrote a song and I wrote a bunch with Molly Tuttle. Um, the first song I did on this session is a song called... Uh, pharmacist i wrote that with a guy named scott Sachs, and there's just everybody wants to get together like in san diego you might go hey you want to go surfing there's a cool south swell coming in from mexico bro six foot face wave i got a tri-shape tri-fin egg-shaped board bread we'll get six roll tacos with guacamole paddle out afterwards but instead they go you want to get together and write a song and i love that about that do you know? Do you write songs, Amy? I do write songs. You Steve. look like a songwriter, Amy. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I can write a few songs. And you're married. I like married the lyrics. Yeah. To I am married to Ronnie Wright. Ronnie. Wright. I met Mr. Wright. Yeah, finally. Is it W R I G H T? It is cool. W R I G H T. I like Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie's pretty cool. He's cool. He fell in love with a Memphis girl and he moved out here. He did. I, I sort of sucked him in, as I said, to the vortex of all that is Memphis. It's cool. So, and then here, and here we are with with the studio. And yeah. um, and and you played an, an unbelievable set, and it was from your new album, Shine On. Shine On. Shine yeah. On. What does Shine On mean? Well, I have a song Wait, called Shine On. It's on Compass Compass Red Hat Records. We need Compass to say. Red House. Yeah. Red House. So what Compass happened Red is House, Compass bought Red House Records, and now it's one big happy family, and they moved Red House down from Minnesota to Nashville, and so I'm on the Red House side of the label. Okay. And. I hadn't been on a label in a long time, and it's been very fun for me to have somebody else do a lot of the stuff that you have to PR do. PR and you know, all that stuff all you those have things. to do. Like it's pain to do it yourself. What are those things called? UPC codes? <laughs> all that crap. I hate it, Amy. I mean, you're an artist. You don't need to think about that. Yeah. So 
Okay, your husband's name is? Ronnie. Ronnie Wright. That's a cool name, Ronnie Wright. How long have you guys been seeing a marriage counselor? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, on and off for a year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, all that is Diddy, you, you know, you never know. We might just have to go there, but... Yeah. Um, Diddy TV is a good thing. Now, I want to tell you guys, I've always wanted to be on Diddy TV. Oh. No, I have. I've wanted to do this because I've heard of Diddy TV, and you guys were at Folk Alliance, and yes. you've been at Americana Fest. We're omnipresent. Omnipresent, yeah. That's a good word. And so I've wanted to be a part of the Diddy TV family. And well, and you're in now. You're in like Flynn. Oh, good. Now you can't get out like family. <laughs> <laughs> Once you're in it, you can't get out of it, whether you like it or not. That's cool. It's like an omerta. We take a blood oath. Right, exactly. So, so Shine On, where did you record it? You recorded it at, at um, Will Kimbrough's house. Will Kimbrough's house. Do you know Will? He we is do. a big Diddy TV guest. We do, yes, of course. We love Will. Will produced my friend Todd Snyder's record, uh, East Nashville Skyline, and then Will was in a band called uh, Daddy. He also plays guitar for Emmy Lou Harris, plays with Tommy Womack. And uh, he was in Will and the Bushmen. He's got quite a history, and he's a great friend of mine and such a sympathetic producer and a good hang. And we would go eat soul food at Arnold's, a meet and three, and hang out and discuss the record. And I would like what, to what is What does he bring to the record? You know, you're sitting around, and, and you, you have an idea of what you want in your head, but you've got someone else that's sort of weighing in. What did he bring to the table? What he brings to the table is... We j it was just Will and myself. So huh? he's got a little tiny studio in his backyard. And Super he, chill? Yeah, we were going to go to like a real fancy gussied up place, and I was like really happy doing the demos in his backyard. He's got like a shed. <laughs> no, so the, the shed is the studio? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, okay. these are just the demos. And I go, I want to record the record here. And he looked at me like I was crazy, as most people do. So maybe it has some cool sound that later on you can say, I got this sound because I recorded it in the shed. Yeah. Like you hear lawnmowers going off, couples arguing in the shed next door. When your dad says, I'm going to take you out behind the shed. Yeah, you hear Give kids you a whooping. getting whoopings. Yeah. <laughs> All They're sorts of things go on behind the shed. <laughs> <laughs> One of the sheds they were. But you were in the shed, so that's a little different. I was in the shed. And so he brought his expertise and his ear. And I could say, I could reference different records. Like, remember when the replacements went to Memphis and recorded with Jim Dickinson and made the record, Pleased to Meet Me? I think they did that here, yeah. Oh, I think so. It seems like they did. It, it seems like if it wasn't, they, it should have been made here, yeah. right? Yeah. After they made Tim, didn't they make one here in Memphis? They did. Anyways, um, Will was, I'm able to just talk about music with him and all kinds of different records, and he plays guitar really well. And so I could say, hey, will you add something to this? He'd say, we can get a bass player. I go, you play bass. So we just kept doing it all ourselves. We didn't want anybody else to come into our world. And that's why I think the record is so, why people are responding did to Did you already it. have the songs written? or did, I did. You, you did. Okay, so they were already. They were road tested. They were road tested. You'd played them in front of an audience and you knew what you liked and what you wanted on the album. Yeah, that's what's cool about it. If you're out on the road and you're making your living on the road like I do, um, you're able to test the records in front of uh, an audience every night and see what's working and what isn't working. And then you can get some semblance of a record together. We recorded like 25 songs and we cut, I cut it all the way down to 10 songs. He wanted 14 and then I said, no, I just would not give in. I wanted it to be nine songs, but he's, he demanded at least 10. So 
I like the idea of a 38-minute record you could put on vinyl and... Well, you're an amazing songwriter. Over. Thank you. Know, you. You know that, though. I love to make up and write songs with people and myself. And, and you've written songs with other artists as well, not I just have, for your, yeah. your own albums, but you've collaborated with a, a bunch of different artists. I, mean, I think you worked with Jewel at one yeah, point. Yeah, me and, and Jewel. We had a big hit song called You Were Meant For Me. That, that was a big song. That, that was not was. even like a slightly big song. That was like a big song. Yeah, you never know. Every once in a while, something good will happen to you. <laughs> well, I'm hoping it's not just once for you, but <laughs> I'm hoping it's not just once for me. <laughs> Every once in a while, good things will happen. Not always. You can't expect good things to always happen. Life's hard, Amy. Life is hard. I mean, but you've life had some is fun. brutal. I have had fun, but just when you think everything's going good, something bad will happen. That that is true. <laughs> That's that is true. I've, I've had record. a few of those, and they just remind me. <laughs> <laughs> that I need to really enjoy the good times, right? And then also remember, if you're in the middle of some bad times, it will pass. Yes, it, it will pass. It really will. A lot of times you dig a hole for yourself and you're in deep because that's how life is. And then the next thing you know, you pop out and you land on your feet and you dust yourself off. And you, and you start say, I'm over still again. here. Yeah. I'm still standing. Yeah. So what's next for you, Steve? Well, I'm in the middle of reading Bob Dylan's book, Chronicles. I've been trying to read that when it first came out, and I kept forgetting to read it. Maybe you need and to send I'm us a book review, it. and we can It's so good. That. I just am almost done with it, and it's fantastic. His, his memory's crazy, or he's just making it up. Like, because a lot of times you read people's memoirs, and they go, and then we went, we were living in Greenwich Village, but they're not describing the place they lived and what was on the shelves and what this person said at that exact moment. Like, But maybe smiled, that's who he is. Blend, you think about blend. the way he describes things in his songs, and so maybe that's the way his brain works. It's all the little tiny things. No, I know. It's amazing. I just finished, um, I read Jeff Tweedy's book. That was really good. That's called Let's Go So We Can Get Back Home. That was such a good book. I didn't plan on finishing it in three days, but I couldn't put it down. I read Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, and that was Very really inspiring. good. Yeah. Um, I read Loudon Wainwright's book, Loudon Wainwright III. That's a good one. Um, Liner Notes, I think it's called, and it's, it's got a longer title. I like music books. I do, too. I like music books and music documentaries. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Ken Burns' country music documentary that's coming out in the fall. You know 16 hours. It's so weird you should bring this up. That, w there's like a weird energy in Diddy TV <laughs> because I was talking about Grantley Phillips who was in Grantley Buffalo mm -hmm. and I haven't talked to him in a couple months and I said did Grantley Phillips ever come in here and and Ronnie said no and I said he said but we want him and then I finished my session and on my phone missed call from Grantley Phillips he felt the energy and he so did feel the energy yeah we're drawing what, him into the vortex. What made me talk about that? What was your question? <laughs> Ken Burns. Oh, so I just had coffee with my friend in Nashville, and she books the Bluebird, the, the world-famous Bluebird Cafe, and her name's Erica. And she had just seen part of it because Ken Burns was sh doing it at the Ryman and showed part of it, and she said it's so good. It really is amazing. I, I'm sure everyone's going to love it once they, they see it. We saw a snippet, too, and we're, we can't wait until, Where did you uh, see the snippet? They uh, out here. Um, he came to Memphis and he oh, did a little so showing. Oh, same thing. So, yeah. He's on tour. Yeah, he was on tour, but um, can't wait for that. It's it's a lot of the artists that make the Americana and Roots 
genre is so special, yeah. and he really chronicles all of that. But um, but Steve, thank you so much for coming to Diddy t today. Will you come back? I would come back <laughs> anytime. I wanted. I want to sleep in the drum kit. Let's make you a bed right here. How about that? I would stay here. This place <laughs> is awesome. I love this whole building. So thank you for having me on Diddy TV. You can feel the ghosts in here, right? There's, a, there's some ghosts in here. Yeah, I feel the ghosts. Well, thanks again. Okay, thank you, Amy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.